to the Deeper Dive Podcast, Catechism of the Catholic Church in a Year. Today's day 77, we begin with number 554. From the day Peter confessed that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, the Master began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. Peter scorns this prediction, nor do the others understand it any better than he. In this context, the mysterious episode of Jesus' transfiguration takes place on a high mountain, before three witnesses chosen by himself, Peter, James, and John. Jesus' face and clothes become dazzling with light, and Moses and Elijah appear, speaking of his departure, which he was to accomplish at Jerusalem. A cloud covers him, and a voice from heaven says, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. For a moment, Jesus discloses his divine glory, confirming Peter's confession. He also reveals that he will have to go by the way of the cross at Jerusalem in order to enter into his glory. Moses and Elijah had seen God's glory on the mountains. The law and the prophets had announced the Messiah's sufferings. Christ's passion is the will of the Father. The Son acts as God's servant. The cloud indicates the presence of the Holy Spirit. The whole trinity appeared, the Father and the voice, the Son and the man, the Spirit and the shining cloud. You were transfigured on the mountain, and your disciples, as much as they were capable of it, beheld your glory, O Christ our God, so that when they should see you crucified, they would understand that your passion was voluntary, and proclaim to the world that you truly are the splendor of the Father. On the threshold of the public life, the baptism, on the threshold of the Passover, the transfiguration. Jesus' baptism proclaimed the mystery of the first regeneration, namely our baptism. The transfiguration is the sacrament of the second regeneration, our own resurrection. From now on, we share in the Lord's resurrection through the Spirit who acts in the sacraments of the body of Christ. The transfiguration gives us a foretaste of Christ's glorious coming, when he will change our lowly body to be like his glorious body. But it also recalls that it is through many persecutions that we must enter the kingdom of God. Peter did not yet understand this when he wanted to remain with Christ on the mountain. It has been reserved for you, Peter, but for after death. For now, Jesus says, go down to toil on earth, to serve on earth, to be scorned and crucified on earth. Life goes down to be killed. Bread goes down to suffer hunger. The way goes down to be exhausted on his journey. The spring goes down to suffer thirst, and you refuse to suffer. <coughs> when the days drew near to him to be taken up, Jesus <clears throat> set his face to go to Jerusalem. By this decision, he indicated that he was going up to Jerusalem prepared to die there. Three times he had announced his passion and resurrection. Now, heading toward Jerusalem, Jesus says, It cannot be that a prophet should perish away from Jerusalem. Jesus recalls the martyrdom of the prophets who had been put to death in Jerusalem. Nevertheless, he persists in calling Jerusalem to gather around him. How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you would not. When Jerusalem comes into view, he weeps over her and expresses once again his heart's desire. Would that even today you knew the things that make for peace but now they are hid from your eyes. How will Jerusalem become her Messiah? 
Although Jesus had always refused popular attempts to make him king, he chooses the time and prepares the details for his messianic entry into the city of his father David. Acclaimed as son of David, as the one who brings salvation, Hosanna means save, or give salvation. The king of glory enters his city, riding on an ass. Jesus conquers the daughter of Zion, a figure of his church, neither by ruse nor by violence, but by the humility that bears witness to the truth. And to the subjects of his kingdom on that day are children and God's poor, who acclaim him as had the angels when they announced him to the shepherds. Their acclamation, Blessed be he who comes in the name of the Lord, is taken up by the church and the sanctus of the Eucharistic liturgy that introduces the memorial of the Lord's Passover. Jesus' entry into Jerusalem manifested the coming of the kingdom that the King Messiah was going to accomplish by the Passover of his death and resurrection. It is with the celebration of that entry on Palm Sunday that the church's liturgy solemnly opens Holy Week. Father. Okay. All right. So we go into <clears throat> uh, two, two uh, uh, parts of, of Christ's life that are uh, really powerful in our Catholic faith. And first is the Transfiguration, which we uh, celebrate this and we use these readings uh, during Lent. Uh, usually it's like the, I believe it's like the second or third week of Lent because we always have this um, these readings. And um, St. Leo the Great had, uh, you know, explained, like, why did Jesus, why was he transfigured before before these three apostles? Remember, he took them up this high mountain uh, together, sort of on a retreat. And um, and they were bummed because our Lord had told them in the gospel that he was going to be crucified and died, and that if they wanted to be his disciples, they too must suffer and die later with him, which is a truth of the faith that uh, we will have to encounter hardships in order to enter into the kingdom of God. Our Lord does not sugarcoat the Christian life. And uh, many times in our lives, we're asked to sacrifice our pleasure and our plans sometimes uh, out of love for God, but we do it because we know it will lead to heaven. And St. Leo says that the great reason for this transfiguration was to remove the scandal of the cross from the hearts of his disciples and to prevent uh, the humiliation of his voluntary suffering from disturbing the faith of those who had witnessed their surpassing glory that lay concealed. All right, so he brings about this mountain, and then all of a sudden he appears in these dazzling clothes, and um, and he's there with Elijah and Moses, and uh, Elijah represents the prophets, and um, Moses the law, and Jesus is the fulfillment of this. He's like, this is the Messiah, and uh, they're they just they're just overwhelmed. They're like, wow, he really is God. And it's this moment of complete uh, euphoria. For, and Peter is so uh, in consolation. He's like, I don't want to leave. He had a glimpse of heaven. And um, I, you know, I, I think too. We it's, sometimes it's great when God gives us like a little moment of peace and joy, or just a a second of like that there is a heaven. And I don't know if you ever had those experiences. Sometimes it might be in prayer, or just have this sense that. Wow, it is true. There is there is this great paradise waiting for me if I just persevere in this uh, Christian life. And we need these moments. I'm sure for all of us, you know, we've had moments in our life where uh, we had a transfigure experience, like a just a, a, some powerful experience in prayer, or you know, maybe it's the honeymoon from a marriage. Uh, it's uh, the first, you know, the first mass of a priest. These are powerful moments that when we encounter suffering in our life or vocation, we go back to these moments and it gives us hope. 
hope that God will take us through this. And, uh, and it says here, it is through many persecutions that we must enter the kingdom of God. And so after this, he, he goes down the mountain and he goes to Jerusalem. And it says, when the days drew for, near to him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. Now, when he says he, he set his face to Jerusalem, he's like, I, he knew what he was doing. He was going to die. And he knew this was his last visit and he was going to give his life. And, um, and so uh, he persists in calling Jerusalem to gather around him. And he knows he's going to be rejected. And he, it, it hurts our Lord that he knows that many of those people that saw his miracles or wowed by his preaching would, you know, basically crucify him. And, uh, and we see there's this sort of stark uh, contrast between this messianic, you know, entrance into Jerusalem, which we celebrate on Palm Sunday. We all get the palms. You know, we say, Hosanna in the highest, Hosanna in the highest. And it's just kind of this cool little you know, we read the gospel outside of the church, kind of recounting what happened when Jesus uh, went into um, into Jerusalem, and and uh, he's riding on a on a a donkey, which actually was a a it was a it was considered a kingly animal. It wasn't just sort of like you know uh, just a donkey, how we would say it. It was actually it was it was being portrayed as a king, and so they're basically almost worshiping God as they're saying Hosanna, and and then what happens is like several days later. The same crowd says crucify him. And um, and I think too is that we have to realize that many times we're like that also. You know, you know, we're on Sunday saying, Oh, I love Jesus and you know, this and next thing we're doing in our actions and our words and thoughts, we can be like crucify him. So but um this this whole thing of turning towards Jerusalem is is set is the setup for for our Lord's death and finally his resurrection. So we're getting close to now this next section where Article 4, where Jesus Christ suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. And this is the setup. He goes up, uh, you know, and they're singing Hosanna. And a couple days later, the same crowd will say, crucify him. 